No, it doesn't. What is this? Soccer? <laughs> I really like soccer. Football, as Do you they guys say. Ted Lasso. Yes, it's the best. It's the best it's show. Good. Batman is a Hufflepuff. If you haven't watched Ted Lasso, everyone stop listening to this right now and go watch no, Ted Lasso. Well, wait until this is over, which is about oh. to be. And we then are so good at free advertisements for things Don't that no one is paying. Go watch Ted Lasso right now, everyone. No, literally go watch it. Right. No, seriously, go watch Oh, there's a cat in me's screen. Sorry, I'll step away from the mic. Hold on. There we go. That's better. This is Jake's NPR voice. robot because of the categories today hello everyone and welcome to another episode of two guys a girl and stan lee's pizza place it's episode number 10 double digits we all thought we wouldn't make it we're wicked old now we are so old do you guys remember when we were doing the first episode and we had no idea what we were doing no you guys know what i remember though oh shite do you know why we call the podcast what we call the podcast? Just get into it, Jake. I'll introduce everybody afterwards. <laughs> I don't know, Jake. Please tell me. I'm so glad you asked. Well, you see, we thought it'd be a really good idea to take a punt from the least loved MCU film, Edward Norton's The Incredible Hulk. I like that I always call it Edward Norton specifically. <laughs> it could have been anybody's Incredible Hulk. Yeah, I just want people to know. Well, you just want to make sure they don't confuse it with Eric Bana's. Right. It, it, that could happen to anybody. It could. Um, but in that film, there's a pizza parlor called Stanley's Pizza Parlor. You are kidding me. Uh, I, I'm, a place. Go back and watch it. It's Stanley's? Uh, Stan like Stanley, but Stanley? That's the, the very same. That's are you sure you don't know this? Are you sure you don't know this? You're kidding. <laughs> I'm so I'm glad you're so enthusiastic. This is nice. It's nice for once to have enthusiasm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this every time now. I'm going to play real dumb every time. I'm so sorry to did it before introductions this time. <laughs> My name is Caleb, everyone, for those who are Caleb just who? tuning in. Caleb Lacey. <laughs> I noticed I'm at one point that you never told no. us your last name, but you always say our last names. I do. Like, yeah, I, I we think just don't you don't want to be okay, anonymously you know. stalked by some teenage girl that's in love with you. And no, you know what? We, you should be. We don't want you to miss out on that opportunity, Caleb. Caleb, how will Avril Lavigne find your podcast? And then oh, she'll she'll find it. Um, I love how you're just gonna bring in that right right first time, <laughs> but not the last. Is there something time. here? Is there something here that I need to know? You want something I want to share with the class? Do you not know? Or are you uh, playing? Are you doing the Mia thing where you play dumb so he tells us? No, please go on. I I'm I'm a I'm a pretty big Avril Lavigne fan. Um, are you the skater not- boy? I mean, I was not a skater boy. I did, did go see you later, boy. A mini goth phase in high school. I didn't wear makeup, but I did wear all black. Um, but uh, did I was you wear like ties a ties without goth. collared shirts. I wore collared shirts that were black with pants that were black, and did, did they have a dress chains? coat that was black? It was not a trench coat. Ooh, a dress it was coat. A dress coat. <laughs> Fun fact, when I was in school, we weren't allowed to wear trench coats because Columbine happened, and then there was the whole, like, trench coat mafia thing, and everyone was forbidden from wearing trench coats. I think it was the Matrix, though, that really... uh, Yeah, yes, yes, and the trench coat mafia, like, wasn't a thing. In high school, I was, like, 
I, I didn't hit my growth spurt until like my sophomore junior year. So nobody was intimidated by skinny white Caleb. <laughs> but Thanks. I'm not the only one in this podcast. You're not? I can't name another Avril Lavigne song. I was just sitting here trying to think of one. Like, I don't got another girlfriend. One. You say I hey, no, hey, Caleb. You, I, you, I, I, I don't like your girlfriend. That's Avril Lavigne. Yeah. She's even written songs for Kelly. Is Clarkson. she the one who died and someone took her no. took over? No, that was a rumor. No, like Paul McCartney. She did get she did get um, Lyme disease though. Well, it's true about Paul McCartney. Um, no, no, it's not. Yeah, that's a thing. Avril Lavigne is very much alive. Paul McCartney yes, is also Paul very McCartney much alive. Is was is a scroll, first of all. <laughs> okay, I'm we not don't the know that that's false. We don't know that that's false. We do. I've done DNA tests. I'm not the moderator, but I'm going to keep us on track. <laughs> the moderator this week. I don't start moderating is... until the game begins. Apparently, that's if true. we record past like five, it's all real punchy. <laughs> Yeah, we're doing this at night, guys. So welcome to new us. (laughs) This is the night cord. (laughs) Was that a night court joke? It was. They're coming back with night court and John Larroquette, who I think really is uh, is underappreciated. That's very. He was the bad guy in Richie Rich. He was also the dad in the Tenth Kingdom. He was also in Richie Rich. (laughs) Anyway. This is some quality. The moderator this week is not me. It's Miss Mia Fully Perrin. This is me. Hi, yep. Mia. Hi. And Hi. my other host with me this week, uh, who is going head-to-head against me, once again, is Mr. Jacob Cody. This is Jacob Cody. You can call me Jake. I just <laughs> finished dinner, and I'm ready to play the game that we call Time to Play the Game. <laughs> There's a wrestling reference for your fan base, Thank Jake. you. My, yeah, my vast fan base <laughs> come, that come out every week in droves to listen to me. Just for you. And this week, we are continuing the second round of Mia's Mayhem Madness. That uh, sounded like a wrestling thing. I mean, it's an announcer thing. So, Mia, why don't you catch us up on what we did last week and what we're doing this week? Yeah, so in our last episode, we started the first fights of the Sinister 16 round, which is round number two. Um, so this week, we're going we're gonna to wrap up that second round bracket. So we're going to work our way through the machines and the mortals. We have a few rule changes from the original round to this round, which you heard in the last episode, but I'm going to recap just for fun. Um, so number one, uh, in this new version of the game, uh, the guys are basically taking on a high school debate club type debate where they will each be assigned a champion. It's like we're in uh, the Grandmaster's ring. but On test of champions. <laughs> yeah, so they'll each be assigned um, a villain to defend, and then I will pick the winner, which is fun. Um, same rules as before, though. So no infinity stones. We're talking about like a movie-length fight. So this is not the two villains fight club it out or get thrown in a ring, but this is legitimately like they have some time to plan. It's a movie worth of uh, content. We really took the movie part seriously. We do. Um, It's movie canon. So if there's any discrepancy between movie canon and comic book canon, movie canon wins. And we're doing some structured time. So the boys will each have a three-minute opening argument, five minutes of opening of debate, and then a minute closer. And then I will decide who wins. And that's how it's going to go. I'm excited and ready to do this. I'm so Good. pumped. 
And this All week, right. what are our categories? What are our, our brackets this week? Mia? Yeah. So in our last episode, we went through round two of the aliens and the magicians. I hate calling them magicians because it sounds so showy. The sorcerers <laughs> and witches and magic doers. Magi? Of the law. In this round, we are going through Man. the machine category Man. and the mortal category. Yes, yes, so, yes. Very exciting. Okay. Yeah. Want to dig in? Yeah, let's do it. Um, let's do it. You got your wheel ready for, for the- That's right. The wheel's back. And the wheel is back. And as the always, pick. there's new music. And Ooh, for today, oh, there is. Yeah, I'm I'm changing it constantly. I, I got to keep you guys on your toes. So the wheel looks the same. He we'll see. So right now, it's it sight. just says Jake and Caleb. But Caleb's upside down, and Jake is right side up. I'm very exciting. Well, let, okay, we, we're going. We're doing it. Um, <laughs> here we. Wait, you you oh. you gotta hear the matchup first. Okay, you okay. who's who? You can't who, pick who you're fighting. What are got our who got are that we that itchy doing? pizza finger? <laughs> Which is, is not, I don't like saying the words I don't words like together. the phrase itchy pizza finger <laughs> I don't all. either. That's a bad, it's a bad one, Jake. I'm that's Jake's that. nickname. No, so it's not. Pretend... Wait, don't do oh, that. Oh, it is. It no, is. Wait, that's no. official now. Caleb said it. Caleb's the one with the itchy pizza finger. No, don't do it. <laughs> all right. So our first round in the machine Is the category. robot lady going to say that if it picks me? No, but now I really want to change it back. <laughs> Are you guys updating visual things and not telling the audience what's happening? Yes, changed my uh, name from Jake on the pizza wheel to Itchy Pizza Finger. This sucks. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't want to play this game anymore. Aww. Well, oh, work so hard. Mia, what's our matchup? Who are, Who are we our doing? Villains? Yeah, I'm failing at moderating because you two of the maturity level of children. Okay, here we go. Um, so the first fight is our number one seed in the machine bracket, Ultron. Ultron is hot off a battle with Justin Hammer, whom try as they might to make him win. We just, it couldn't happen. There was some great ideas about Justin corrupting Ultron by accident, um, but it, it didn't work out. Ultron, Ultron took that fight. So he's our number one seed and is in the first fight of the round. Justice and for he, Justin is going up against Whiplash. Whiplash was the champion over Yellow Jacket, our number four seed. Whiplash is our number five seed. Um, That was a super close fight. And candidly, listening back to it, I think if I was asked right now, I probably would pick Yellow Jacket. But But Mia of the past picked Whiplash. And that's who's here. And you know why? The bird. The bird. I think if if we had the experience... um, or or the thought process then with what we have now, uh, Justin Hammer would hundred and ten percent would have won. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's find out who gets to pick their champion. Oh, I don't hear anything. I don't hear any music. Is it silent music? Is it music that's like pitched up high so only young people can hear it? And Jake oh, and I are old. Oh God, we're so old. It was Caleb. Caleb, that was anticlimactic. Caleb clearly heard music because he was dancing. I heard nothing. I heard nothing either. Is he? But he was so happy that he got chosen. I don't know why the music, the audio didn't check. Okay, well there was great music. (laughs) Do you want a second to try to fix it, Caleb? I'll put it in on post. 
Um, okay. I know what I have to do now. I, I guess. Well, don't put it in that timer. It's going to sound ridiculous when Jake and I are saying there's no music. I'll just dub over. Playing. There's music here. Um, <laughs> there wasn't, but there wasn't music there. All right. Don't lie to them. All right. So um, I literally forgot who won. Um, uh, Caleb I did. won. Oh, it was Caleb. Caleb. Great. Yeah, so Caleb, Caleb would Caleb you like Ultron or... Oh. Whiplash. I have a really strong feeling you're not going to pick Whiplash since your yellow jacket got. I am going to choose Whiplash. What? Absolutely. I want to start. I'm going bold and um, wildly bold because. And Jake. All right. All right, Mia. Do you want to? I'm very excited. I'm very excited. All right. Absolutely, bring it on. But I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm. I was preparing in my mind a Whiplash. (laughs) what I will now call the whiplash defense, which I no longer have to deploy. <laughs> All right, excellent. So Caleb, you have three minutes and begin your opening. Room. All right, I want you to go back in time to Marvel 2015. Age of Ultron has come out, all right? Um, but I want, I, want to, I want you to imagine a parallel universe where Tony Stark has died after creating Ultron. And so who do they call upon who do the Avengers call upon to help them? Who do we know uh, can build Stark technology but Ivan Vanko Whiplash? So here's here's my thought. It sort of goes through similar to Age of Ultron um, where they – like it, it, there's it's an alternate timeline where he survived Iron Man 2. I mean, he did just disappear, but but he's he's in prison on the raft. Good old Rhodey goes to goes to get him because they need somebody who can build Stark tech and who knows it, because in this in this alternate movie, our, uh, Tony Stark has died, um, and while Banner is intelligent, he he does not have all of the knowledge that Stark did. So. Um, w- once they recruit him, now obviously this is kind of like a like an anti-hero kind of film. Um, he uh, he joins up with the Avengers, um, with Rhodes, um, and calls upon his good friend uh, and former cohort Justin Hammer, because Justin Hammer has been able to use his vast resources to build the, what he needed before. And it basically plays out like Age of Ultron. We get this can we trust this guy dynamic with the Avengers and Whiplash because he's definitely not going to he's not going to play nice by them. So we get a, we get a bit of a drone fight. We get info about Ultron's plan just like we do in Age of Ultron. Um, Black Widow gets captured and we'll see at the same time during that first initial uh, uh, showdown uh, Ivan's bird gets killed. Um, which really spurs him on, because don't forget, bird the bird's important to him. Uh, and but we do get one of Ultron's bodies, which Ivan can then study. And we've seen that Ultron can't has not been able to take over Stark tech. Like he hasn't been able to in- infect any of the Stark tech. Um, like Iron Man and Black and uh, Warhammer don't get uh, any sort of. Uh, infection or virus. And so what I think will eventually happen near the end of the film is uh, with time to look at it, because he is a scientist to a degree and an engineer, with time to study Ultron and what Tony Stark made, I think he'll be able to come up with a AI uh, logic virus um, because that's what Ultron is at the end of the day. He is just an AI and a logic virus like this statement is false could bring him down. And that is time. That sounded like fan fiction that I would read. <laughs> I would be there for it. I would read all of it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Jake, 
and Justin uh, Hammer. You have. What, Caleb? Don't forget, my movie has Justin Hammer. This is true. I mean, Jake. he threw in the hammer. I'm not. See, the only thing is, and this is not part of my time, I'm not sure that matters to the, the living tribunal is the problem. <laughs> Whereas it matters to me. I don't think it matters to the living tribunal. I'm not trying to play the I, tribunal. I love Justin Hammer. I mean, I was I was not trying to screw you guys over by sticking him <laughs> against Ultron. And had I put him in the mortals category, he would have been going against the number one seed over there as well. So, like, I mean, I don't know. You could probably make an argument for him beating Abomination. But, yeah. We can't say that Loki is the loser and loses all the time and then just pretend like Justin Hammer somehow going to be victorious in these battles. Listen, he's out of the bracket. He lost. This is true. All right, Jake, you have three minutes to defend Ultron. Uh, so uh, I liked where your story was heading, actually, Caleb, a little bit. I like the idea that alternate reality, though it's weird because I don't know how we really get to this alternate reality and how it exists with all these other characters that we are using. So in this world, if they all happen in the same world, we can't have Tony die yet because other things need to happen to get to certain villain stuff. Cause we can't have, cause you wouldn't have Scarlet, which is powerful as she was, if we didn't have Tony to take out Thanos, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, so that, that sort of doesn't, but I'm, I'm, I'm jumping in on this with you. Uh, say Tony does go down. Unfortunately he has to, he can't go down until after Ultron is created. Cause he is the reason why Ultron is created. So it can't go. So in my, it's that that scene in the beginning of Age of Ultron where there aren't no strings on me. He pulls himself together in this ramshackle sentry uh, bot, comes out, kills Tony, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, that that with that right there, without Tony being able to lead the pack, as it were, in this scenario, to be the 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 central hub of intelligence to figure out an intelligence based thing, the team falls apart and the Avengers lose. And who comes to save them uh, is is the next is the next part of it. Uh, and I think that's where it's a great bit where you start getting this, you sort of have an early team up of the Thunderbolts you have or the Dark Avengers as, as we as this more be like you, you have Whiplash taking that over you have Abomination being the Hulk you have this team that has to come together of villains because the heroes have lo- all died and lost to Ultron it's the last hope of humanity coming forward but there's one major problem here and that's that Ivan is not Tony Stark uh, and you like you said he, they weren't able to go into Tony Stark's armor. I do not believe that he has the skills to keep Ultron out of his armor. Um, he may be good, but we know he's not Tony Stark. He may uh, Tony Stark built this in a cave using scraps, famously said. Uh, if Tony can do that with nothing, and he can do basically, and he, we know he can do so much with everything. Ivan did a lot in his time with a little bit, but in the end, he still lost to Tony Stark. He still wasn't up to snuff to beat Iron Man's armor, even at his best. And his best did not get him to last very long against two Stark armors. How could he possibly go against a whole army of Iron Man drones that he controls? Because he does control the Iron the Iron Sentry, the Sentry that we've talked Iron about. That's part of it. The Iron Legion, thank you, is exactly what I was trying to think of. Um, so if two sets of armor from, from many years ago can take him out in one blast, what is he going to do against 40 uh, Iron Legion drones that he controls as well? We know he's susceptible to, to to Tony's tech. We know he's lost. He'll lose again. Ultron can be anywhere and nowhere within seconds. Even in this this great final battle between what's left of the villains and what's what Ultron has, the reason why they why they what happens what happens in the end is because they are able to figure it out and Tony Stark is there to stop him. And that's where I will end my argument with two seconds left. That was impressive. That's a pretty good point. You like you used your time perfectly. I, nice job. All right, 
So now we move on to the next section of our debate. You have five minutes of open discussion. So feel free back and forth, interrupt, say the words. Um, yeah. All right. Jake, uh, you bring up some good points. Counterpoints, uh, there is only one person who has been able to hack a Stark suit, and that is Ivan Venko. He hacked Rhodey while he was trapped in his Warhammer suit. He didn't hack Tony's technology. He hacked Justin's technology because they were using Justin's programming to run the suit at that time after Justin got his hands on it in Iron Man 2. They can easily hack Justin's technology. He could not hack Tony's army, uh, Tony's armor. I would I would argue, though, that the 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 hardware of the suit and the software of the suit was was original to Tony. He created it and gave it to Rhodes and well, uh, and it could only sure operate with Rhodes in there. If you go back and listen to it, they say they're going to do a full upgrade top to bottom. And they mention hardware software, I'm pretty sure, in Iron Man 2. It's that scene right before he talks about all the weapons. I'm I'm 90% sure he mentioned something about hardware software. Other counterpoint, as you said, Tony Stark is uh, always a man with a plan, and I would I would argue that he may have foreseen his death, just like he foresaw his death in Endgame, and he may have been the one who left the trail that would send the Avengers to Whiplash specifically because they know he could make the the technology. And this is in my this is you know I mean clearly none of these movies are canon, but this is in my alternate reality. I think it is very possible that Tony Stark, being the intelligent and foresight man that he is, may have expected that he could die and had a backup plan that said, if I die, the one person you're going to need to talk to is this person because he knows my tech. He knows how to build it, um, and he is probably going to be able to one who can, who can, who can, who can see it, who can fix it. To take something from the comics, I can. Tony Stark would never ever trust Ivan Vanko with any uh, thing that he owns because he's a murderer, and that's Tony knows not to trust people like that. What yes, he but would this do. This is a villain movie. Oh, I agree. But we're talking. I'm talking about the villain. We're talking about Tony Stark here. Uh, so if that the villain's still the villain in the end, mm-hmm. uh, and that's and and I think he would never trust Ivan. If anything, like in the comics, there was the the what if comic about him trusting Cap with a suit of armor that he kept in case uh, Iron Man ever went away. And I think Cap could very well have gotten an Iron Man armor stored away in this film, which would be incredible to have sort of his own Iron Patriot armor, which is where the Iron Patriot armor sort of first came from. With this idea that uh, Tony always had a backup suit for Cap in case he was gone. But the problem is, is that. Without Tony there to figure things out, I just don't see it happening. Ultron is all the all the best parts of Tony in the worst possible case scenario, and without having Tony to counteract that evil, what are you what are you left with? You're left with the the, the a truly evil Tony Stark, which is the which is without a Reed Richards there to to, to fight that, you're pretty much toast. <laughs> also, a point of information from your moderator: Justin sucking on a lollipop. Is that what I think it is, Rhodey? Yes, it is. Hammer, I want to know what you're going to do for us. Justin, what am I going to do for you? Well, the first thing I'm going to do for you is I'm going to upgrade your software. Yes. And then second, I think I should go over this very long list of weapons, including uh, the ex-wife. I knew so, it. I knew we mentioned software in it. Point that's of information. Why I was able to get but into that's, it. One <sighs> could argue that the software that would be coded by Ivan instead of Justin, but. I just, I'm imagining like the other guys where like the primary 
Like your your Avengers group has been like taken down, your primary guy, and so now they have to rely on the people. And I love I love that idea because I like bringing together this Dark Avengers team to go against Ultron. The problem is is that you don't have anybody on that team who can go toe to toe with Tony Stark, and that's I think why with that's why they lose with the everybody else in the Avengers. Though you would get this you'd get this this fun almost guardian of the galaxies kind of feel because you got the this well-oiled machine that that has lost uh, a, a a pillar of it um having to Whip, but whiplash isn't a team player and that no i know i know and i think but to to make a character a protagonist in a movie and we're pitching movies essentially they have to you know they have to go through a character arc and so i think that would be his character arc in the film and it would be uh, sort of what Suicide Squad wanted to be uh, in the re- relevance to learning to play together. I took up and a lot of that five minutes. that is the end of our five-minute debate. Sorry, Jake. It's okay. I'm not worried about it. I feel like I have the harder fight to fight, though. You have a much harder You fight. do have yes. a hard. You have an uphill climb here. So that was interesting. All right. So we have one minute for closing arguments each. We're starting with Caleb. Whiplash. Okay, let's let's be let's be honest here. Whiplash, not a powerful character. I feel like kind of underrepresented. Um, he's an early Iron Man villain, uh, and in in Iron Man two, his his suits are are kind of weak. But as we've seen in the MCU, as time goes on, the technology advances. The 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 abilities of everyone advances. I mean, when by the time we got to what Iron uh, Infinity War, Tony had nanotech. Um, and who's to say that Ivan could not also advance his armor suits as well and, and come up with that same thing um, or, you know, similar things. And I think, uh, you know, he is uh, underrated in terms of intelligence. He, I think he probably has a genius level intellect. And taking down an AI is a doomsday scenario that a lot of people think about, especially someone who is a genius. And uh, I believe a logic code could take him down. Good arguments. Good argument. I especially like your argument that like people do get smarter as time goes on. One would hope uh, that Ivan would grow. So good points. All right, Jake. One minute closing. The problem here is that Ivan works alone. He he's not. He's a machinist. He creates devices and machines. I don't think he he's not Tony Stark who who has this vast knowledge of this networks of everything that Tony knows. And the problem is you're going against Ultron, who is this perfect representation of of knowledge and with all of the malice that Tony could possibly have. And you need a team to stop something like that. And we've seen Ivan not being a team player, him working with Justin, him showing the demands. There's no there's no scenario, no matter even in a doomsday device or a doomsday plan where this man is on a team with Captain America, that that works out. Cat doesn't work with murderers. Um, it just that's not how it goes. And do you, Black do you Widow, think, right? And Sorry, do, I'm interrupting. Yeah, wait, hold on. Um, but do you and do you, but do, that was my next point. Do you think Black Widow would be on a team with a Russian man who murdered like that? Did who that that did? She just she doesn't take pride in that either. Ultron is the ultimate test for anybody, and Ivan's not up to it. All right, interesting points on both sides. Um, number one, I love this movie, and I want to watch it real hard. And I think we should just send all of our ideas to Marvel and see. <laughs> just give us billions to make these. Um, I think that as a character, Whiplash has more flaws than Ultron does, and Jake has exposed each of them. Caleb, I think you you had really strong arguments here. Um, 
<sighs> it's who put up a better debate slash who do I think is actually going to win this based on the argument that was had. I think I have to pick the latter, so I'm going to go with Ultron. But 10 points to Caleb because you made me think about it. And yes. honestly, like, that's a ridiculous fight. So... <laughs> That was my goal. I just wanted these. I, I, I'm trying to make You're like the, the movie that's about these characters. No, listen, I, I was, uh, I, you gave me Ultron, and I was like, listen, I, I don't even know if I would have been brave enough to try to go full flash on that one. I just don't see the. It's, it's a hard path to victory on that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, friends. That was a good debate. Nice good job. Debate. Okay, good so debate. Ultron is moving on into the next round, the final matchup in our machine round or second uh, in our machine category for the second round is our number six seed Mysterio, also known as Jake Gyllenhaal, as we never actually called him by <laughs> Quentin Beck. Is that it? It's Quentin Beck. Yeah, it's Quentin Beck. Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake or Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal, if you're this podcast. I want to pitch two movies. <laughs> One with just Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Versus our number two seed, the Supreme Intelligence. <laughs> Oh, Jakey Jake. Um, yeah, we'll see. Well, let's see. Let's see who gets to pick their their villain. Here we go. A little loud. A little bit like Oh, that feel. I just creeped off creeped off one name and went to the other. So close. So very close. Um I'm a fan I, of the trumpets and Jake won. Yeah, the trumpets were good. Uh, I get to pick. So the question is here is do I I mean one of them has the same name as you. I know. But one of them one of them's a much harder fight than the other one too. Go for it, Jake. Um I will you know what? Caleb Caleb fell on his sword for the first time. No, 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 I want it. I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it. No, no. Give me Mysterio. I wanna see Jake Jake defend Jake. Give me Mysterio. All right. Okay. Three minute opening argument. Go. So, in in this in this film, uh, we will we, let's let's all if we can take a trip to a little post. Let's say far from home gets a little differently, and that Quentin escapes, and he still has uh, the glasses in tow. He's still in charge. He's still uh, he's able to start building this uh, Sinister Six out of this. He gets some power. Gets some success. Uh, he doesn't lose to Spider Man. He's able to escape, uh, and it's almost like a draw between the two. But he retains his power. And he starts building up uh, the Sinister Six. Uh, it's slow building, but they're they've got the resources. Uh, his team of scientists from the scorn scientists from Stark Tech are behind him still, uh, and they start building up their army. And uh, much like in Spider Man, we just talked about it earlier, where Quentin Beck uh, starts messing around in the Ultimate Universe and builds uh, dimension portals. He takes his story a little too seriously, that he's a someone from a different dimension. And he starts thinking, how can I grow stronger? What can I do? And he th starts trying to find other Mysterios out there to come to uh, Earth proper that he's on. Um, and as he does that, he starts to build his machines with his Stark tech, and it starts to go uh, awry, and things start to break. And the Kree uh, get a hold of this, and uh, they find out that there's someone on Earth who's trying to mess with space and time and the fabric of reality, and they come on down to try to stop him. Um, this is where sort of our film takes off is the Kree trying to save the earth from itself. Uh, and the problem is, unfortunately, though, is that uh, they're ready. He's ready this time. He knows what he has. He's been working as a whole team of scientists. He has the power. He's the satellites, satellites of earth to let him know that uh, oncoming aliens are coming in. 
um, and they're able to use the drones to protect themselves. And I don't see, like, like any good fight with enough prep time uh, that they, they can do a lot of good. And we've seen him basically take t uh, trick all of London to thinking that something was happening. Do we think that he could trick uh, these aliens who are totally unaware of this technology that's so unique? Uh, I think they could buy themselves a lot of time and do some real damage. Um, and we know that Quentin has flight. He can get to where he needs to go. If he can get them to come down to Earth, he can get onto the ship through trickery. He can make himself look invisible, we found. Like, we know that he sort of has that same technology that makes the shields of uh, the helicarrier sort of turn invisible, too. Um, and so there's a lot of – it's it's a, it relies on a lot of trickery and a lot of theat, theat, theatricality. But I think Jake's up to it. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, not Jake Cody. Um, and I think that uh, – because as we know that the Supreme Intelligence also sort of relies on that trickery as well to into like manifest and to use memories to 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 fight with um and i think that sort of it'd be a really interesting fight to see like how would uh an earthling go up against an alien in this sense but coming at it from such a unique perspective again it's, it's something i just think they're expecting it'd be a fun fight nice that's an, again i i mean i'm there for it i can't wait to watch the movie i hope someone produces it <laughs> all right caleb you are defending our number two seed supreme intelligence and oh how difficult it will be uh <laughs> let me propose a, an alternate film um where <clears throat> a let's say a kree world uh has lost communication with the supreme intelligence somehow so they send who else marvell to investigate like the supreme intelligence excuse me sends him um and it, just because i i don't want i don't want this to be a complete wash we'll say uh Quentin Beck has set up himself as a false prophet with all his theatrics, with Edith, with everything. He has built himself up to be this false prophet, and which puts the Supreme Intelligence in a bit of a conundrum. Because if they come in and just try to wipe him out, his cultist fanatics will defend him, and then the Kree will lose a lot of people. So, in my movie, I, I, don't, I, I like this to be more of a battle of wits. Because if it's just a straight-up fight, I don't think there's any way Quentin can win. He doesn't have the resources of an entire empire. So in in, in my counterfilm, if you will, um, it's a battle of wits where they have to, where the supreme intelligence has to use their special ops forces and 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 trickery, uh, and which we've seen their special ops force sneak in uh, to scroll encampments, etc., um, to reveal that Mysterio is just a man and not a prophet to these people. So you get a little bit of this, like, a little bit of espionage, a little bit of, maybe you could you, you could make it a little bit of comedy with Quentin Beck, a little Three Amigos going on. Huh? Huh? Um, uh, but ultimately, the Supreme Intelligence does manage to uh, to reveal by uh, by either destroying Edith or, like, incorporating, uh, you know, some sort of virus uh, because it is a, a very advanced AI, far beyond anything Quentin Beck or his BARF team have ever encountered, um, uh, that would shut down the drones. Now, I would say Quentin Beck and his team may be able to counter with with an additional virus, but even so, even if the Supreme Intelligence had to sacrifice itself somehow or shut down, um, it can easily be rebuilt by the geniuses of the entire Kree Empire, uh, in which case they could just go back and destroy uh, who they need to, but I, I that's 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 my my counter counter film pitch is that this is a this is going to be a battle of wits and of showmanship, and well, Mysterio has the barf team and has experience. Uh, I think the technology, the advanced technology of the Kree, 
um, and uh, and the the special ops teams would be able to do what even Spider-Man could kind of do in in um, Far From Home. And then I see the rest of my time. Interesting position. Okay. You have five minutes of open discussion. So I think you mentioned an important part. It's a battle of showmanship. And showmanship is a very uniquely Earth uh, thing that we have here, that they do, that the Kree's not... They, nowhere did they say they were known for any sort of uh, arts and culture, for instance. <laughs> they're, they're, they're a military-based operation, as we know, pretty much. Like that's they Nowhere did they mention anything about the Kree in that. Um, so if it comes down to a battle of showmanship, You've already ceded the point to Quentin Beck right there. Um, but in, uh, importantly, and I think something that we didn't discuss, is you have a team of scientists who are some of the best on the planet, worked for Stark, uh, and that that's nothing to shake a stick at. Um, and we know that the U.S. military has plenty of information and files on Cree and Cree technology. So it's not without, po- like it's not po- it's not without possibility that they have information on the Cree and that they have can be able to hack and access information and be somewhat prepared for an oncoming fleet. You mentioned uh, viruses and stuff. Viruses go two ways. And I can, I'm, I'm, it's, it, I'm sure there's a way that they could have developed something to get themselves into the ship, get information that they needed, and then prepare whatever show that they were going to do. And it comes down to that is that showmanship that they have is that's, that's where they're going to make a difference. They have good showmanship, but I'll, uh, but uh, I think that the, the uh, ultimate flaw is that the even the barf team of scientists are just people uh if the infiltration teams could sneak in take one of them put one of those things that controlled captain marvel and uh mind wiped captain marvel and could control her powers and send them back in as a as a trojan horse of sorts so while they may have some showmanship i think it would be very easy to to get one of their own people to unknowingly, unwittingly turn on them, um, and, and which would, once once their technology of their showmanship is brought down, it's over. Then, like this, the, in my pitch, the, the world that he has managed to uh, seed as, as, as a prophet, false prophet, um, would see him for what he was, and then it's done. And in your one, even as a, as a leader of Earth, um, the Kree do have special ops teams to sneak in and they could send anyone um they could take any human it's even more dangerous on earth because they could put any human there and send and send them in under their control i think you're forgetting an important part about edith though and edith was able to almost murder a boy with under like five seconds (laughs) so with with this with this powerful network of satellites at his disposal all all quentin would have to do all jake chillen hall would have to do is, is is be aware of an oncoming threat and though they may be a black ops team, they're not going to get very far. Like it's uh, you just you have to let Edith know. Satellites can be shot down real easy by Cree warships. So satellites can also shoot at Cree warships. Again, bullets can go multiple ways, and you've given them time to amp up their network of satellites at the same time. How do they know the Cree are coming? How could how could they not know the Cree are coming? Why you think like there's there's many ways that they could do that? And I'm sure that especially after the events of Avengers, no one's not looking at the stars. No one's not paying attention to what's coming potentially. That's a that's a threat, and why do you think they want to have the, that network at their disposal to make sure that they're the ones who are who are aware of what's going on and to protect themselves more than anything else? They 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 want to make that information. They want to have that opportunity because that makes that puts them in power. I just don't think a uh, even even a series of Edith 
satellites could take on a Kree warship. We've seen the entire Nova Corps uh, get taken down by one Kree warship. Um, I, that I, I, I do not see a way that the entire Nova Corps is equally or greater matched by, by Edith satellites. I think it comes down to misdirection, and it comes down to taking out the Supreme Intelligence. They don't have to take down a Kree warship. They have to take down one AI, if we're back to that. And if they know they, that they're Which is targeted, housed on the Kree planet. Right. For sure. And don't get so, me wrong, there's many ways that they could do that, though. It, how, well, I, I but that's, that's you haven't pitched that. How do, how do they go to the Kree homeworld and an destroy the Supreme Intelligence? An excellent point. Uh, and you know one that we that we could probably discuss for hours. Uh, no, um, <laughs> um, if you were to do that and you were to put it in that sense, I think if they were aware of a Cree oncoming threat, I think they would be able to have access to some sort of. Like I said, I really do think they'd be aware that the U.S. military had access to Cree information and that they would be working on some way to pilot themselves out to where they needed. To, I mean, like you said, it takes a small team. I don't think that they would not be gunning for to stop a whole army they'd be going to stop one thing i think they would have a shot at that it's a big fight but it's it it comes down to misdirection all right and that is time okay that was great <laughs> i was really hoping you didn't find i was i kept thinking in my head i'm like they're not gonna get there like, I was I like, like, no. oh no all you're right like, well you didn't say anything i was like fuck, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay it was a oh. valiant effort, Jake. <laughs> Jake, closing arguments for Mysterio. Go. There's no way they have access to Edith, and somewhere Tony Stark doesn't have a spaceship that needs can get them across the country. Let's just let's just say it right now. Tony's got something. The country. Somewhere. Are they uh, Korean like California? <laughs> yeah, they're only in California right now. It's gonna spread. That's where they have some time. Uh, they're based in San Francisco, Korea, and California. They got a couple hours. Um, it's weird how things work like that. But no, I, I, it's, I really think it comes down to the fact that they have time. They've definitely preparing. They have a team of some of the greatest. I mean, what they can do with these drones and these imagery and stuff like that is amazing technology. And like you said in previous fights and things that are important, as, as time goes on, it's only going to double down and get stronger and more impressive what they can do. So there's no, there's no realm of possibility. Like, I think there's no way to say that they, if they were to win and be able to continue their work, that they wouldn't get stronger and more impressive and find ways to weaponize Edith and find ways to improve their technology and find ways to potentially destroy an all-powerful alien brain. That's a lot of supposes. It's <laughs> uh, trust in pixie dust, baby. It's all right here. It's <laughs> art. USA. USA. Everyone starts <laughs> chanting with me. <laughs> Caleb, you got a minute. Go. It's the supreme intelligence. This it 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 unfortunately has the 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 abilities and resources of an entire galactic empire, and Mysterio is just one man with a few scientists. And while they can do some pretty powerful things, uh, they would to defeat the supreme intelligence would have to go to the home planet of the Kree, get past all of the Kree, um, and somehow. Uh, I don't know, destroy it, which I don't think has been pitched here. I think Jake has made a, 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 a reasonable and an excellent pitch for a movie where Mysterio defends Earth from the Supreme Intelligence, but not one where he defeats the Supreme Intelligence. Uh, whereas 
I think even in mine, even seeding the the military one to one, I think the Supreme Intelligence would still outwit Mysterio. Good, good debates, boys. All right. What if I um, pitched that he beat them with love? Would that have changed anything? Shit. Okay, I concede. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, those were some arguments. Uh... <laughs> Not good arguments, but they were arguments. They were, they were, they were, I mean, that was an impossible feat to try to do. Yeah. I really appreciate Jake, how you were leaning on Edith and, and the optimism there about our human Terran satellites against degree worship. They're very, it was very optimistic. Um, I would also argue when you guys were like the Cree aren't showmen's. I know it doesn't count, but Cassius from Agents of Shield is absolutely a showman. So sprinkle that in there. I want I want to give Jake five points, uh, five pizza points because uh, I think you do kind of see that with Marvel and uh, and when she's Veers, Um, he's like you know don't show off you you know you gotta stay focused and I I did get that kind of culture from them. So five pizza Mm -hmm. points for Jake. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Yeah, um, so Supreme Intelligence won this, clearly. Yeah, I, I know. Um, and it was really the clincher was when Caleb said, you haven't actually told me how Mysterio's going to go kill I was really Supreme excited that you guys weren't bringing that point up for a while. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to get out of this one unscathed. Um, yeah, I mean, I think to Jake's point, if, if Mysterio was having to defend Earth against a Kree battle, battalion coming in, um, I certainly think that he might have some tricks up his sleeve to to keep us uh, entertained and and keep the Kree at bay for a bit, but that's about all he can do. There's no way he's gonna. Yeah. Well, I try to all bring, right. Try to bring the fight home, baby. Home turf. I tried. All right. So wrapping it up, we didn't have any upsets. Our number one and our number two seeds are moving forward. Um, yeah, so sense. moving on to the next round is Ultron and Supreme Intelligence. That brings us to the mortal bracket. Here we are. Mortals. I could be any of these people. (laughs) This is true. Okay. So our first battle is our number one seed, Emil Blonsky or Abomination versus, oh, who was coming off of a battle with Arnim Zola, who in the long run, Jake totally convinced me was in the wrong category. And if I had a magic machine, I would probably go back and switch him and hammer. But, you know, it is what it is, and that's what happened. So um, Abomination beat Zola. Um, and he is battling our number five seed, Baron Zemo, Zemo. who just had a had an all-out match against Winter Soldier, um, but was the perfect enemy of the Winter Soldier. So he's not the perfect enemy of Abomination, so that advantage is gone. So let's see how this goes. What's going to happen? Okay. So what's going to happen? What's going to happen? We'll find out once we spin the pizza wheel of people. Spinning time. That's hilarious. It's Jake. Give me, give me Zemo. <laughs> give me Zemo. All right. Ooh. We so far have had every person pick the underdog. 
Oh, this is technically Zemo's, Zemo's the five seed. Zemo's not the underdog. I I know. I'm just saying technically he's the five seed. <laughs> All right. So Jake, you've won the wheel, so you get to open first. All right. Uh, picture everything as it has been. There's been no changes to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It exists as it has existed this whole time up through Captain These America. These are two characters that Soldier. are still here. Sorry. Oh, exactly right. Uh, and just as we said, there's an oncoming storm. Things are about to get weird, as Val said. And we start putting together a team. And who's on that team? Baron Zemo, of course. They need a strategic leader, someone who knows the ins and outs, someone who with wealth, knowledge, and who've led uh, Black Ops forces and done the unthinkable and stopped uh, superheroes in their tracks before. But they also need muscle. So who do they bring back out from uh, from wherever he's been kept for these many, many years? Emil Blonsky. Unfortunately, there's one problem. Is that Emil Blonsky is, does have super soldier blood in him. And he is the result of super soldier experimentation. And that's one thing Zemo can't stand. Because there's no man on Earth who ha is better at killing super soldiers who has a higher kill record for super soldiers than Baron Zemo, racking up <laughs> many numbers very quickly at the end of Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Um, again, and I know that Mia said that maybe he wasn't perfectly built to take out Abomination. I humbly disagree with our dear moderator, the Living Tribunal, because he is exactly the perfect person to kill Abomination because he's there to kill super soldiers. And I think he would use Abomination until the exact moment he would no longer be needed. I'm, I'm going to say it's a secret invasion plot. That's why they're brought together this team. A lot of the heroes are scattered. Multiverse of Madness has happened. We don't know where Doctor Strange and Scarlet Witch is. Uh, Cap and Bucky are still trying to figure out like they, they're coming off of whatever, so they're not ret like they're, they're scattered. They need a core team to take on these evil scrolls that have infiltrated Earth from the bottom up. So they bring them out and they go and fight. In Emil, uh, in Emil Blonsky, he does exactly what he's supposed to do. He crushes. He comes out. He uses his anger and rage. He turns into abomination. And he fights, but he gets in some trouble. Uh, this super scroll is there, and he has all these various powers that the scrolls have been able to infuse him with. And he brings abomination within a th an inch of his life. As we saw, he can get stabbed by his own bones, so he can get stabbed by anything else. Uh, ice, what ice powers? He get fire powers. If he's like the thing, he's got a you know super scroll has the all powers of the um, Fantastic Four. For those of you who don't know in the comics. Um, so he's very strong, stretchy, can stop him. Do you think that Zemo would save his life in that instance or would, as soon as his usefulness run out, allow him to be killed? Zemo would exact, and he, would, he wouldn't be the one to do it, but he would find a way and let that, and bring one less super soldier into this world. Uh, and there's nothing that would stop him because as we've seen so far, nothing has stopped him. And if you give that man enough time to plan, he can literally do anything. He has the resources, the time, the brains, the intelligence, and the, just the enthusiasm and charisma, baby. And that's why Baron Zemo wins this fight. <laughs> nice. Hmm. Perfectly timed. Perfectly timed. Um, those are some compelling arguments. Also, just so we know, I wasn't really trying to make the point he wasn't perfectly built. I was just trying to recap the prior week. Those words did come out of my mouth, but I didn't mean it. No, I know you didn't. I just, I, I, it made for a good point. It was all show yeah. for me. It was me allowing, you know, it's, it's like, like the lawyer who like finds the one thing to be like, as we know. Oh, Jake what has... didn't you say this? I mean, I try thinking that insulting the moderator probably doesn't help you. I wasn't and insulting. I said, I mean, humbly, I don't know. I humbly disagree. Yeah. I was, I, I was not rude about it. <laughs> you were I just using. 
if I if I went, well, too bad Mew's a big dumb idiot and wrong about what she said, then I'd be like, you know what? I did deserve this out. So many, so many times. Yes. Okay. Um, all right, Caleb, you have three minutes for your opening argument to defend abomination. Okay. Well, Emil Blonsky and Baron Zemo, as we know, currently are both on the raft, I believe. It's it uh, but we'll just say for this for this film pitch I'm going to do um, that Baron Zemo escapes the raft. We know he's got the resources, even in prison. Um, but who's he not going to break out? Of course, Emil Blonsky. He's a super soldier. It is well documented that Baron Zemo does not like super soldiers. And he is happy to let that super soldier rot in prison. So Baron Zemo breaks out. Uh, and whose fault does it look like? Well, it looks like Thunderbolt Ross. General Thunderbolt Ross. Uh, because he runs the raft. So what does he do? He goes to his old resource. Yes, I know we hate him. Um, don't worry, you're gonna love this movie then. Um, we and we'll recast him as uh, we'll, we'll get somebody else um, to play I mean, Thunderbolt Ross. Just say it. Give me an extra ten seconds too. <laughs> uh, so General Thunderbolt Ross goes to Blonsky, who has he has worked with before um, in our namesake movie, and says, "Hey, I'll cut your sentence if you help me f- track down Baron Zemo." And uh, at first he's like, nah, 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 I don't know, nah, nah. but he eventually concedes. And so they go to Madripoor because they think that's where he's gone to. And so we get a first, um, we get Abomination tracking down uh, what Baron Zemo is doing in Madripoor. And he, we get this sort of, uh, sort of like the Brooklyn fight where he's out of control, taking on this proto Masters of Evil, like an early building of the Masters of Evil. Um and while he, they do manage to escape, they do. Blonsky and his team, though getting wrecked, do wreck, do find out that Baron Zemo is looking for a specific bioweapon against super soldiers, which could spell trouble for Blonsky. Um, however, during this fight, Baron Zemo, because he's always five steps ahead, manages to capture Thunderbolt Ross, and that's when Blonsky and his team are sort of left to try and figure out what to do. However, um, so they. They managed to, because Thunderbolt Ross is, is a higher up, they know how to track him down. He's got, like, we'll say each government official has a tracking chip. Uh, and so we do eventually go to this confrontation point uh, where Abomination is going to take on Baron Zemo. But what does he find? Baron Zemo is not by himself. He has turned General Thunderbolt Ross into the Red Hulk. We get our first Red Hulk fight and unleashes him on Abomination. So they, we've got this big fight of two hulking masses. Uh, we got Red Hulk versus Abomination, and of course Abomination's going to win because this is his movie. Uh, and he, and well, and as he does, he is exhausted and uh, and he he reverts back to his regular form, uh, which leaves Baron Zemo open to kill him. But as we've seen, Baron Zemo has a soft spot for super soldiers who are used. That's why he leaves uh, Bucky alive. And so he offers him uh, like an anti-serum, which he, he, he lulls into taking. And I'm out of time. Time. And I did give you a little extra okay. since I interrupted. So interesting choices for both of you. I mean, Jake insulting me and then Caleb oh. employing William Hurt. I didn't. So, I said we recast him. I didn't. Okay. Him. Pitch. I think we should recast him as Sam Elliott, who played Thunderbolt Ross in Eric Bana Hulk. And also, I think Sam Elliott's a lovely actor, and I would watch him in anything. I do like Sam Elliott a lot. So. I mean, he could, you, could, you, could, you could actually do the whole movie as just Sam Elliott's, and I'd be fine with that, too. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. So you have five minutes of open discussion where Sam Elliott plays the role of Thunderbolt Hulk, uh, Ross. And <laughs> oh, I like Thunderbolt Hulk. Hulk. I, I don't I just, know why they didn't call him that. Thunderbolt, oh, Thunderbolt Hulk. Hulk. Can I just, oh, I just want to finish that. Like what Zemo in my movie is doing is, is creating an anti-super soldier serum. And that's what he's going to offer to Blonsky because he knows Blonsky has been used by Thunderbolt. And Blonsky's going to take it to lull him into a sense of security. And then he's going to kill him regularly because he's our soldier. Um, a couple things that I disagree with in this movie, not to plot, po uh, poke holes like right off the bat for you, because I do like a lot of what you've brought to Isn't the table Isn't that the here. point? Um, I, well, I know, but I like your movie. I feel bad ruining it. He would never just leave Hulk in that raft if he had the opportunity, uh, or Abomination in that raft if he had the opportunity to do something about it. And the problem is, is that he doesn't feel bad for those who've been used. He only lets Bucky, because he knows that he's doing good, that he's making a positive difference. Because other super soldiers were being used under Carly, and I don't think we're making, like, we're, if you want to talk about people being used, and he had no problem murdering a whole car full of them. It's not about being used, and that's the problem right there, where I, I don't think he would have sympathy for Emil because he made the choice to become Abomination. He wanted it. He wanted the power, and that's the exact reason why Zemo doesn't want there to be super soldiers. He doesn't want people who want that power to be there. That's the, that's the one thing he stands against more than anything with these super soldier things. Um, and that's, and that's, that's sort of why I disagree in that sense, because like well, it's old, but he wouldn't want someone to have that power who wanted it. But Zemo is still doing, doing that in, in, in my movie pitch. He, he's, he's created a, an anti superhero or anti super soldier serum. And but if there's why? a chance of, when there's only, when but, there's only technically one super soldier left at that point with Abomination. Well, okay. First off, he couldn't kill him on the raft because he didn't have the stuff on the raft. He was just escaping the raft and left him behind because he didn't want it. Like, of course, he doesn't want him out of the raft. But I, 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 I still think that he would. That's too good of an opportunity for Zemo what, to stop, I think. He doesn't know how he could kill him. That's the problem. Like, on the raft without any of his resources right there, I don't think he knows how he could kill him. But and his primary objective is just to get away so that he can get the anti super soldier serum. Uh, but then even at the end, I think uh, the 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 point of the movie, the point of this movie for Abomination, Jake, is to is to arc the character. And at the end of my movie, he is not a super soldier anymore. And so we he's you know sacrificing these powers because he's spent the time in prison. And we've seen we, we let's be honest here we've seen characters change less or more than that in the MCU. Sharon Carter, and it's it's so I don't I, <laughs> I would not put it past um, a, a redemption arc for Blonsky. Um, one could argue that it was the super soldier serum and the gamma radiation that. Uh, that pushed him beyond the edge. We know he wanted it, but he wanted it because he was manipulated by Ross. And I think that uh, very much uh, Baron Zemo could see that. Um, and as a curse to Ross, that's why he would turn him into the Red Hulk. And that's where you get that sort of matchup. And after Red Hulk has been thoroughly defeated, maybe even killed, that's when Blonsky can really see the blood on his hands, and that's when Zemo can make him the offer. He doesn't actually think he's going to take it, and maybe as a backup plan, um, if he doesn't take it, but the fact that he does take it is what makes the character arc complete and what surprises Zemo.
I think we're missing an important thing here, and it's the real ace in the hole that we haven't mentioned yet. Pan out on that moment where Emil's Emil again and could be killed, and Zemo's over here, and they're about and, and Emil's about to give the kill shot to Helmet. And you hear a shot ring out. You think it's the shot from Emil going into Helmet, but we pan back to a hill and we see a shaky butler on the hillside holding a sniper rifle. He's just burying a shot into Emil's chest, saving his his beloved master. Uh, helmet. Uh, you, you're you're forgetting his greatest asset, and that's his wonderful old butler that is so kind and and willing to blow up a car of people for him. Alfred is good. Uh, I don't know how well he could hold a rifle. He does seem pretty shaky. I don't know. He was able to, to apparently put a bomb in a car and then set it off. That doesn't. That takes skill. That's not easy. Mm, and that's just one of his many many resources because you said we're in madripoor too and no one knows madripoor better than helmet zemo does you've already put him on home turf and if there's one thing that's more dangerous than zemo already in the world as we've seen him in germany when he uh, what he did to black panther's father all of this stuff if you put him on home turf this place that he knows better this like den of crime that gives him such an immediate advantage abomination <laughs> What's your final word? <laughs> what are you just saying? Just fucking in there. You should have Oh, all right. Closing arguments, Jacob. Um, it's it come. It, unfortunately, it's sort of similar to the Winter Soldier argument. There's no one who knows the military and super soldiers really like like this way of thinking better than Helmet Zemo does. He's he his his purpose in life is to stop these people from becoming to taking that power and becoming evil with it. It's an it's it is an abomination to him and starting them in the raft. You're already at a disadvantage because apparently because that means abomination can be held and has been held for this long. And it's like a fish in a barrel for Zemo. There is no way he steps off that raft unless there is a, re- a means to an end, which is why I pitch the fact that they're on the same team and he uses them to get close to the end. And then at that last second, he lets him go because that's one less problem he has to worry about. But if they're both on the raft and there's no mission that he can see and there's no use for him besides that, there's no way he steps off that raft without Abomination being dead. Nice. All right, Caleb, your closing arguments. He may not know Abomination is on that raft. The raft is big. Who knows? You- who knows how many, how many, how many prisoners are there? Whistles by and is like, didn't see him. <laughs> um, and I think this is it, it is a soldier versus spy movie. Ultimately, I think that's that's kind of clear. Um, and he, Z, your Zemo has time and resources. Um, but I think the the what's really gonna work for Abomination, how he would best be able to defeat him is is by sideswiping in a way that um is uncharacteristic of himself and that's 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 why this movie has that character arc in in my mind is he's the protagonist zemo is the bad guy how is he possibly going to beat him um is by making a sacrifice play is by being the good soldier um as opposed to the good weapon um and uh abomination damn it (laughs) All right. Also, um, uh, Sam Elliott. You can't, you can't just pepper in words. That's not how this works. Strategery. I don't know. I'm kind of liking it. <laughs> do we get just one word to say at the end of it? <laughs> We're just going to do word association for the last round. Um, uh, 
Uh, flight, uh, super strength, uh, That's money. Two words, two words, you can't do that. These movies are so good. Ugh. All right. Um, I think that... Mia, Mia. Yes. Mia. Look, yes. Look, no, 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 no. Look no, into no. my eyes on the screen. No. <laughs> no, don't do that. You let her, You let the living tribunal decide. It is the end-all, be-all of judgment. We are not one to now make that decision on, on their behalf. Oh, all right. Um, Puppy dog eyes. I got, I feel like the most compelling thing that I heard, though, was Zemo's desire to destroy another super soldier, and we've never seen him not be successful when he tried to. Bucky. No, he, <sighs> could, he, he could have killed He him. got what he wanted out of that. Yep. He weaponized Bucky. Um, oh. Uh, he beat Bucky. Gosh, Kayla brought up some really good points, though. Mm. I, I Zemo. Yes, Zemo. <laughs> Your mic automatically cut off because you were it too knew. loud. I did oh. yell it, so that's that's just you this can just put true. in like again. Your deep voice going. Jake yelled very loud here. Jake yelled. Very All right, loud. we have an upset in the bracket. Big upset. The number five is moving past the number I mean, I'm one not, seed. I'm not sad to see Baron Zemo move no, on. No, that was no. That's, as soon as I knew it was Abomination versus Zemo, I was like, "There's, it's, I can, I can do this. I can make this work. I can make this fight happen." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, that my friends went right to uh to Baron Zemo. So we have one last battle of the podcast. So, closing out the mortal round. Oh, this is going to be really rough. Oh, is our number three seed, Eric Killmonger. Oh, no. Who is fresh off that fight with Ghost. So, we know he's all souped up with his cool panther suit and all his powers. And he's full, full-blown Killmonger. Versus our number two seed, the Red Skull. So, dear Lord, help us. This is rough. Um, Caleb, spin that wheel and oh, hope you get it. One. What a good last one to end on, though. It's so good. It's oh, so wow. tricky. There's so many slices, and they all say Jake and Caleb. I upgraded the pie so that there are, like, many, many more slices, not just two. I was expecting there to be one of our not names. I was like, what was going And so I made sure to double check that it was all us thinking, oh, like, what if you're right, Jake? Name? No, oh, thank you. Yes, I appreciate that. Good. Itchy now I have, extra, finger. I have an extra shot now. <laughs> All right, you ready? Let's do it. Born ready. Thank you, Jake. I win. <laughs> that was Jake one. I had All right, some good Jake. luck with the pizza wheel today. That was nice. Um, yeah, you did. We did have some good luck. So with the just a reminder that Red Skull is Caleb's favorite character of all time. But, you know, you do you. Well, Caleb, since it's your birthday, I He's will pick. favorite villain Killmonger. of all time. It's not my birthday. Oh, come on. It would have been fun to confuse the people. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb, how is your stalker going to, like, get any information if we don't drop irrelevant and incorrect stalker? personal we, information? That was what we were wondering. We wanted to ask you that. Why do you... <laughs> We don't understand why you've been shielding your last name unless you have a stalker that you don't want to be aware of. Your or maybe he's in the protection program. 
That yeah, the Peru. Thank you. The witness <laughs> protection program? That's the one. You seen this? You heard about this? All right. What are you gonna <laughs> do, Jake? I'll take Killmonger. Oh, that was so kind to you. Yeah, of course. Come on. I I, I come on. It's his favorite. I know he's been I know he was waiting for this fight. So I if I if I wanna win, I wanna beat Caleb at his best. I don't wanna I don't want to uh you know what I mean? So let's no asterisks here. <laughs> and and actually we are for this episode um where jake is up by one so caleb needs this win to keep the to keep it even keep the score even all right here we go friends <laughs> so much that just shouldn't be this much pressure it's just a fun bracket for friends <laughs> is it though <laughs> is it oh wow um wow. all right i guess start your time over because we talk through it go Okay, uh, so uh, th- this film, uh, it's, uh, it's we'll, we'll say that uh, this is when uh, Eric's on, uh, he's the king of Wakanda right now. He is, he's the Black Panther suit. He has the resources of Wakanda's disposal um, going up against, uh, and it's in, in this alternate reality, since I liked Caleb's alternate reality that I did last time, uh, Red Skull took over Europe. Uh, in, in Europe is, is, is a hive of, of, of Hydra, for lack of a better term, in this world. Um, and this is, we get a very classic, like, borders dispute finally happening. Uh, Wakanda has spread, and it's, it's like, this, this bound, like, it, it has become sort of the center of the world, of uh, the free world, as opposed to the U.S. at this point. Um, and um, in, in this world, that's, that's how Killmonger rose to the throne. Um, and we finally have this, it's, it's reaching a breaking point. Like, Hydra's become too big, too evil. Um, and uh, Killmonger has these, uh, it's, he's just become king. His father just passed away, we'll say. And he has these big, uh, his sort of mindset that he had in Black Panther is there. He's like, we should be doing something. We, should, we shouldn't be hiding in Wakanda. We should be fighting for the world. And so it's sort of like the same ideas and the same things that push him um, are there and are real, but it's about fighting the evil that's to the north and, and Red Skull's Hydra. Um, and this is what, and it's, we, we get ourselves a real good war movie. Um, and I thought the thing is, is we saw Killmonger go toe to toe with, uh, T'Challa, uh, without the herb. Uh, he's an excellent fighter without it. Um, and then given that herb, we see that he is so powerful and potent. I want everyone to remember in Avengers Endgame, uh, Infinity War, I'm sorry, the two people who run out and have these sort of equally matched abilities are Captain America and Black Panther. They're the two people that sprint ahead of the armies well past everybody else and are in there and start tearing these aliens apart and are able to do some incredible serious damage. So the fact that the Red Skull has the super soldier serum is the one thing that he is, is that he really has there. The problem is is that can be matched with the Black Panther in the in the in the powers that the Black Panther has. We've seen it. They have similar powers and abilities. The problem is, is now, so what does it come down to? Who can stop who? Hydra with their weapons or Wakanda with theirs. And Wakanda technology is so advanced and so potent, so powerful. I don't see even Hydra's technology, even advancing throughout the years, beating Wakanda technology. So it's tough because it comes to a stalemate down the line. We know that Super Soldier and and uh, the Black Panther powers are similarly matched. It comes down to the powers of Wakanda and the powers of Hydra. And Hydra is, is cannot take the cannot beat Wakanda. There's just no way that I can see that uh, happening in any in any film in any movie. Uh, they are able to withstand a, an onslaught from an, an alien invasion that's light years beyond the, their advancement, and they're able to successfully do it pretty damn well. Uh, and Hydra falls apart 
with one man with a frisbee. Uh, so I just don't see Hydra coming back and stopping Wakanda. That was exciting. I want to watch all these movies. <laughs> <laughs> also, five pizza points to Jake. Five pizza points to Jake for saying the hive of Hydra, because you know hive. I had to so. make up for for subtly insulting you in the last round. But it wasn't an insult. <laughs> All right, cool, cool. So, um, Caleb, time to defend your fearless leader, Red Skull. Red Skull. Okay, let's start with the alternate universe uh, or alternate reality, um, where instead of Cap uh, being uh, frozen in ice, we get Red Skull. Cap is transported off with the, or whatever, but uh, Red Skull uh, survives and uh, it is able to be uh, the Hydra. Um, and Hydra has taken over uh, most of the world at this point. And uh, I think you, you're missing one thing. Wakanda definitely does have uh, the resources of the meteor um, uh, that caused all the vibranium to show up. But Hydra has the Arnhemilator. Um, I think that's how it's pronounced. Uh, which is powered by correct. the Space Stone. They have all of this technology that most of the world's government was afraid to use. Uh, but in in this reality, we'll say it's when Killmonger has taken the throne of Wakanda. And uh, uh, I would agree. Uh, their super soldiers are matched. The, 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 the flower from Wakanda and Arnhem's uh, serum are, make the two pretty matched. Uh, however, um, even with the suits... I think Red Skull has the advantage in a number of ways. Uh, first off, uh, Hydra, uh, it, at that point, st to a certain degree, still has the AI Arnhem. So we're talking about uh, an advanced AI that is able to create an algorithm that would track down, uh, that can locate uh, DNA from a satellite level of Earth. Um, that is not a, 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 that's not just a, a small amount of intelligence to be able to program that. Um, with Red Skull's leadership, uh, I think they would be able to take on Killmonger even when he was on the throne, because even when Killmonger was on the throne, part of Wakanda still didn't want him. There, the, he he was ultimately incited a civil war, and Red Skull knows a lot about war and uh, and is a genius level intellect. Between him, between his resources of Arnhem and what Hydra has created over the um, hundred years or so that he, since he created it, because it was never existed before him, I think he would be able to infiltrate or locate Shuri, who definitely doesn't want him there, and get information about their resources. Ultimately, combine their resources with, uh, like, ARs with Hydra's resources to find a way around even the Vibranium suit. We see ways that the Vibranium suit can be deactivated uh, through simple magnetic waves, and uh, I think in this, in this film of mine, um, Red Skull is able to ultimately dethrone him uh, through promises and, uh, and tactical, uh, very, very well-tacticked military action. You guys are not making this easy. Okay. Um, five minutes of open discussion. A couple important things to note here. They would only have whatever they made in the 40s as far as Arnhem weapons are concerned because the Space Stone would have gone down if he was frozen at the same time where Cap was. They would have lost the Space Stone, could only have powered no, what they created. The Space Stone point. is in the possession uh, of the U.S. government until the 90s. 
they find the sp- they find the tesseract in the water they don't find cap so uh they they have access to the space stone i mean yeah, i'm so not saying he's using it but US the government has it not hydra but in this alternate reality hydra is still like part of the u.s government oh okay so they also took over the u.s I'm glad you bring this important part up because you've also null and voided the civil war that you've created because never would have Killmonger gone over to the U.S. if it was part of HYDRA, thus leaving Killmonger in Wakanda, less less letting him continue to be part of his royal lineage and deserving of the throne. (laughs) So unfortunately, Mm. that timeline isn't, and you've muted a part of your argument with that. Uh, the other part that you've mentioned is their satellite ability. Wakanda was able to remain hidden from satellites. He went over regardless. No, <laughs> this is because because Cap wasn't defrosted until 2000, what, 11, 2012. So it was in the property of the U.S. government. Hydra was just a an underlying thing. Um, and then when Cap would have been defrosted is when Red Skull would have been defrosted as well. So up until Avengers, essentially, the the, the timeline is still the same in, in this reality i don't think it would be if, especially if hydra was was champions of europe we wouldn't have had the u.s as we know it we wouldn't have had uh stark would have probably never been born because because uh howard stark would have been killed by hydra for fighting against them uh so you don't have the same history thus you would lose america thus you lose that need for that civil war that you've planned for um also uh, and i think it, we i think it did get this one out uh wakanda was successfully able to hidden from any and all satellites no one knew what wakanda looked like they were able to figure that out so even this satellite that Arnim Zolo had created, there's no way it would have been able to f- track any of the Wakandas, Wakandans in Wakanda. We don't. So okay, here's here. Maybe this is more of a question, but because Arnim Zola's algorithm is able to locate via the um, via the helicarriers and and like annihilate them, um, they never got off the ground high enough because of Captain America. We I don't know if we could really say that. We know that the shield around Wakanda was able to withstand a spaceship falling onto it and exploding. There's no way a Hydra helicarrier's guns, because those were just gu- they were repulsor guns, but they were still guns, could fire through the shield at Wakanda, in Wakanda, the, ci- the city of Wakanda proper. But that's if the shield is up. They have to specifically activate shield, the shield's always up at that point, because that's what, that's, remember that Cap and his team have to fly through at a certain degree to get through the shield safely. I still think e- even, mm. and so I, actually, you know what? One, one could we ahead, we could sorry. argue that um, it's very possible uh, back in the '40s, Wakanda did not have that to- technology, correct? And if the if we the Nazis know. if the we Nazis won, we don't know. But if the Nazis won, the campaigns in Africa would have probably gone on gone south through Wakanda, and could arguably have taken over Wakanda. Uh, or at least it would put Wakanda on their uh, radar, on Hydra's radar, back in the 40s when they had the Space Stone. You've so already they- created the ultimate monster then, because if, if then if Killmonger is still born into a world where he doesn't have the throne, that only makes his drive more powerful and potent. As we know, he will stop at nothing to get back to that throne. You've created a more dangerous monster in that story. But he doesn't have the herb until he gets the throne. But... That's a, that's a lot of scenarios that have to go really well for Red Skull to get to that moment. Whereas if we're taking the battle of Killmonger at his best versus Red Skull at his best, there's no way the Hydra troops are getting through that shield because they, they'd have to burn themselves like the aliens do in Infinity War to get through. And once they're through, they're already weak and they get lit up by the various... I mean, just the rhinos alone are going to like really put a damper on a lot of those Hydra troops. if they're Even if they're somehow able to get through this shield. 
and then you bring once you've lessened the troops like i said it comes down to red skull versus eric killmonger and red skull is not known for his martial arts expertise we don't see him in hand like true hand-to-hand combat but you know who is an expert in hand-to-hand combat eric killmonger and that dude can tear shit up especially in that black panther costume I, I, I would have to say, I mean, Red Skull is the original uh, super soldier and would arguably have decades of experience beyond uh, what Killmonger has. Granted, he is, he is excellent, but uh, uh, Killmonger is, is a good fighter, as we've seen, but he is, uh, Red Skull just has, has the experience. He's got, he's got additional resources and time to set things in motion and the genius-level intellect that Killmonger doesn't have. That was so much... Oh my word. Okay. You have one minute of closing arguments each. Um, Here we go. It doesn't come down to genius level intellect. It comes down to Wakanda versus Hydra. And Wakanda has the one up. Their technology is advanced. They have access to vibranium, which that alone, like I didn't even bring up that fact on my argument yet. That argument alone that they have access to vibranium weaponry, uh, shields, weapons, all of that trumps just about anything and everything that hydra can can throw at them at that point and the thing is is they don't have access to the infinity stone as that's one of the rules so they would only have access to what was already created as opposed to the rules that's not a whole lot of stuff besides some of those guns and those guns aren't enough to get them through the shield to get them through the many troops to get them through the various tribes that defend wakanda with their life you know if and even if they do it comes down to a 1v1 skull versus killmonger and eric killmonger wins that fight every single time i yield the rest of my time all right caleb you got a minute to close it out i think uh it does come down to scientific background well in a in an individual one-on-one fight um i think in the first encounter between these two uh killmonger would walk away uh slightly victorious but i think red skull would escape um, as we've seen him escape before from, from situations like the explosion of his factory. Um, and, uh, but unlike Killmonger, Red Skull has uh, master tactician abilities, genius level intellect, and he's got more geniuses on his side like Zola and the AI. Um, and being able to get his hands on any of the Wakandan tech would give him an excellent, excellent chance of uh, or not even a chance. It would be he would be able to uh, break it down, figure out how it works, and come back with a, with a, a means of pushing it aside and basically uh, using it against him to a degree. Um, and he's got unstoppable soldiers. Well, Convins would never work with Nazis, Caleb. I'm not. <laughs> For a hundred years, people didn't know they were Nazis. That's not a good excuse. <laughs> All right, guys. Oh, man. Who's to say Hydra hasn't already infiltrated Wakanda? You know, that's fair. Captain America Winter Soldier, because we would have found out at that point. All right. So, thoughts. Number one, I think I think you're right, Jake, in the sense that if Killmonger and Red Skull went hand-to-hand, that Killmonger would win. But I think we're discounting Red Skull a little more than we should be. Like, is he a mixed martial artist? No. Is he a Nazi? Like, we're all familiar with how Nazis trained their people, right? Like, even little children were trained to, like, fight and shoot and be ruthless. And I feel like a Nazi scientist, though. I didn't even bring up his car. (laughs) Yeah, that was your biggest mistake, by the way. Ah, fuck. 
Yes. Had you brought up the car, this would have just immediately <laughs> been like, obviously Red Skull and not Homework. All right. Um, to be fair, my computer that had like my my notes on it died. So I was like, oh, oh no. no. Caleb. Oh, no. I had a little bit of a hard time following which alternate universe we were in because we kept changing the parameters of the of the AU a little we're bit. We were multiverse there. hopping. Yeah, we were multiverse <laughs> hopping for sure. Um, our, our bracelet was on the fritz. We kept going back and forth. Yeah, geez. Um, it, it, I keep kind of coming back to the whole Nazis slash Hydra versus um, Wakanda. And to Caleb's point, when the U.S. had the the Infinity Stone, we all know that Hydra had infiltrated like every level of the U.S. government. There's no way they didn't have access. But they to can't it. use the Infinity Stone for new stuff. You can't wield the Infinity Stone as the rules. We okay. allowed no, no, Hydra no, 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 weapons no. and stuff. Yeah, because that we... was what was made and created. But you can't say like you can't use them and then be like, well, they just siphoned power off it. That's totally different. That's still just what we did. That's it's what we did. And you can have those though. weapons. That's what you had. You yeah. had them. You can't be like, well, then they took it and created a whole army of those weapons because that's, that's well, they already, they well, they already had, had an army. army of those weapons. They had some they... of them. Yes, they had what they made in the forties for sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. Even if they did, I mean, I'm just going to zoom. You know what doesn't out. disintegrate people? Wakandan weapons. We don't know that. Just they could probably just don't want to. Disintegrate We've people. seen That's them. Gnarly. They probably could if they wanted to. Okay, friends. Um, it's just a good one. This is a very good one. It's a so. very good one, and it's very tough. Um, I think Kayla brings up. I mean, I'm inclined to. Hearing the arguments, like I, I initially was like, yes, I think Killmonger is going to do this in the Wakandans. But Caleb brought up some really good points. One being the idea of Hydra infiltrating the Wakandans, which I know, Jake, you were like, we would know. Would well, it we? Didn't, it didn't happen. Yeah, we would have known because of that. I mean, we in not in this AU. If you wanted to do it in the, in this in this world, totally yes. But in in the MCU, that did not happen. Like we. No, you're totally correct. Right. But that's, think... that's all I'm saying is like if we were to look at it, they didn't do it at all during all of it because no one knows that Wakanda existed like it did. Totally fair. So I that's think... my only that's mm. my only counter to okay, that. Okay, that's is... a very good point that Wakanda. Yeah. But no one knew if that you, Wakanda existed. You did like say that Wakanda has in your AU that Wakanda has become the center of the free world. Um. So they could still remain and keep secret because Wakanda still is a country and could still exist like that, but they could still keep their vibranium secret. That's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. I mean, I just think that assuming Hydra knows about Wakanda, which I think is the big if, I think their spies are talented enough to sneak in and, and infiltrate. But I think to Jake's point, the world didn't even know about Wakanda to infiltrate. It's, it's really hard because of Wakanda's defenses. You know, it's it's the, I mean, the power of the Nazis and the power of Hydra should be able to overpower Wakanda, but Wakanda has these. You know what can get past Wakandan defenses? What's that? Anything that can tunnel underground. <laughs> we don't know that. I don't know that we know that, but I like the idea of We like do. We see in Infinity War, the things go underground and come up, those big wheelie things. Oh, do they? Do they come underground? I forgot to totally yep. space fist on that. Mm. I think the shields were down at that point. No, they were. Our, no, because he only opened. He didn't actually take the whole shields down. He, he opened only just, opened yeah, just section sliver, seventeen. Yeah. 
So, I mean, yes. Could, but they were able to do that at a moment's notice. You know what I mean? Like, they were able to, like, be like, oh, shit, bring, bring down from space the big drills, which there's no way that Hydra can be like, oh, quickly, bring down the big drills. I know what I mean. I sh I'm going to stop talking because it's up to me. Okay, it's up to so me. I, I am <laughs> we're still are, I know. That's the worst part is I don't mean to keep being like, actually. Uh, so I'm. that's well, enough. Well, I'm actually, I think they're yeah, like, I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. Uh, it's really hard, too, because we did go so far into the AU that it's hard to tell where we're straying from movie canon versus where we're like, okay, I, oh, I'm worried Caleb's never going to be my friend again, but I'm going to go with Killmonger. Mm. So we'll have a new moderator <laughs> next week. Oh, oh no. No, just, Mia, you did the right thing. There's two of us and only one of him. Be strong. I know, but like, oh, that was really tough. It was a very hard because, one. Because I mean, I, I know one. that we went into like a lot of whimsy there, but just generally speaking, that's a beast on beast fight. Oh, they are yeah. both ruthless people. Like neither one of them is going to pull a single Exactly. And they both have just immense resources. They both have like warriors on their side and soldiers on their side and insane weapons. And that's just like a massive head to head. I think Wakanda's secrecy and defenses, because you have to remember, like, what was it that actually took down the Nazis, too, is they overextended themselves. Like part it's of their, their flaw was they were power. like, I'm yeah. And, and they and overextended themselves. What killed Versus, Skull in this? In this, which, right? How much longer what killed would you like to rub this? Was his desire for power? That's why Versus he grabbed the stone. Wakanda has always just been this this hub and uh, this centralized thing, and that's it. And they don't—they're not looking to spread their tendrils. And as a result, it's kind of like when the Nazis. Yeah. Anyways, okay. I was going to say when the Nazis tried to invade Russia, but Russia is not at all an analogy for Wakanda, so never mind. But it didn't go well. Okay. Point being, it's going to kill Monger. So. <laughs> wrapping up wrapping up the podcast we have moving on into the next round oh caleb your face <laughs> oh me you're quiet again so hydra uh and the red skull have won no no uh, wait, that's not what happened <laughs> i have no power. idea where i got power <laughs> did he really <laughs> he did Caleb, Caleb Lacey. <laughs> oh my word. Okay, so, so joining Ego, wins. Nebula, Scarlet Witch, and Hela are Ultron, Supreme Intelligence, Baron Zemo, and Killmonger. So the next time we meet, we're going to be going over these these eight villains and seeing who's oh, making no. it into the semifinals. Oh, that's going to no. be even. That's going to be even worse. Things are, things are, things are going to get big red fights. hot. So next one, we're going to do all those four, yeah? We'll do those four matches and get to the semis. Heck yes, we will. Fantastic. Ooh. All right, guys. So that's, 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 those are the fights. All right. These, these are the fights of our lives. These are the fights. And this is the point where that tasty ska music would kick in. Jake and Mia, do you want to you wanna say a few words? Sure. Hey, while um, Caleb is calculating all those points that I was never awarded during this episode, thanks, guys. Um, maybe our listeners could go and give us some ratings on the podcast application of your choosing. Um, that would be nice. 20 pizza points for uh, setting up this great bracket. <laughs> it's too late. It's the too calculations late. have already begun. I'm pretty sure I have a good time. But, you know... 
It's okay. It's my own fault. I get so into it. I don't even think to give out points. I'm just so, I'm so into the fight. Well, it's hard too because I'm moderating and not like contributing a lot. I mean, I am the best. You and are I the best. Get you are the living tribunal. You have three heads in a shroud and you make the final judgment. This is true. And that's actually exactly what I look like. And our listeners were tuned into the, the YouTube channel with see my multiple heads. So in last place this week is Mia with Big Old Goose Ache. That um, is me. That doesn't uh, feel right. <laughs> and then in first place for a tie is me and Jake with 10 pizza points. Hey, another tie. Another tie. That feels good when we tie. All right. Um, that's us for all, folks. Uh, thanks for joining each other. Uh, and uh, join us back here next week for episode 11. Um, and we will be well, we will be rounding out Mia's Mayhem Madness. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll do it. Exciting. So, buddy, thanks for listening, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.